This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. A major incident has been declared in London as coronavirus spreads relentlessly in the city. Mayor Sadiq Khan's made the move, saying the virus is out of control and urging people to observe lockdown rules. Our health editor Ross Lydell broke the story. Ross, what does it mean when a major incident like this is announced? Essentially, it's almost like Sadiq Khan standing on the roof of City Hall and waving the most enormous red flag and getting a megaphone and telling Londoners, this is really, really serious. Stay at home please listen to what we're trying to tell you. He's never done this before, really, on this scale. We've never had a citywide situation. We have had some in the past. It doesn't mean that the tubes won't keep running. It doesn't mean uh, that the shops will shut beyond those that are shut already. But it basically is saying this is incredibly serious. Please pay attention. Please keep yourself and other Londoners safe. Does it mean any extra resources for the city at all? Well, Sadiq hopes so. He has written to Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, to ask for more money, in particular for Londoners who are having to isolate at home to ensure that they have the finances to do so, because the worry is, of course, that people who can't afford to stay at home and obey the rules to self-isolate will continue to go out and spread the virus. So he has asked for that. In a technical sense as well, it means essentially greater coordination between different bodies within the wider London local authority infrastructure, between City Hall, the 33 boroughs, the London Ambulance Service, the Fire Brigade, the Met Police and all the different parts of the NHS. It should enable hospitals to share patients better than at present because... As it stands just now, London is divided into five sectors with a struggling hospital then meant to turn to its sort of nearest big neighbour where there's capacity to share patients and move patients around. And for example, we know that in north central London, there have been particular issues with the Whittington and Archway, North Middlesex and Edmonton and the Homerton under particular strain. However, uh, that means like the North Middlesex has had to look to the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital for help uh, because its biggest neighbour, the Royal Free, is also under extreme pressure. But actually the likes of St George's down in Tooting and Imperial College in West London have had slightly more space. So this could mean that Londoners could be moved slightly further across the capital in the search for beds. And it could also mean, obviously, that more Londoners are moved outside of the capital to other places in the UK if there's a need for a critical care bed 
and if those other areas don't end up as full as London is just now. So if this is an unprecedented situation, if Sadiq Khan has never declared a major incident across the city before, how bad is the situation here? Very bad. Very serious. Basically, the figures show that there are about 7,000 patients with COVID in London hospitals as of last night. Of those, 1,000 almost are on ventilators. Now, you don't get put in a ventilator unless you're basically at risk of dying. You have to be very seriously ill and unable to support your own breathing. That's why you're put on a ventilator. This number, by comparison, back in April at the first peak, this is about 2,000 more patients in London hospitals than happened in April. So that's how serious it is. It's also having a direct manifestation on the London Ambulance Service. It basically is unable to cope with the demand. It's receiving between eight and 9,999 calls every day on a normal busy day, such as New Year's Eve or say if there's a heat wave during the summer coinciding with Wimbledon and football matches and people misbehaving due to alcohol, it might receive no more than 5,000 calls. So the London Ambulance Service is under extreme strain as well. And this has meant that patients are waiting for hours, waiting hours for an ambulance. So this is the reality. And there's worries, of course, that if you happen to be getting knocked down by a bus, they'll also struggle to get there. So it's other conditions as well as just COVID. But the fact that People are not essentially obeying the lockdown and allowing COVID to run riot through the capital is meaning that people who fall sick for other reasons will suffer too. There's more from Ross in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. Obviously, the continuing rampage of COVID-19 is hitting doctors and nurses hard. The Evening Standard's Susanna Butter has been talking to staff at hospitals run by Bart's Health Trust. That's places like the Royal London, Whips Cross and St Bartholomew's. She's with me now. Susanna, this major incident is showing how rife the virus is in London. How are those who are actually dealing with all of these patients coping with it? They don't know how they can carry on. Uh, This has come on top of a very, very gruelling year, um, and they're doing their best. But I I think for a woman in charge of all the critical care nurses to tell me that they're struggling and she doesn't know how they can go on, I, I feel like that's pretty significant. I mean, these are people who are used to providing one-on-one standard of care and their workloads doubled. Um, they were expecting this, but a lot of them didn't expect it to be quite so bad. And it's really, really hard. It's kind of physically hard. It's mentally hard. They were telling me things like you'll be on a phone call with a patient and their family so that they can say goodbye because they might be about to die. Um, And then you don't have a minute to process that because it's on to the next patient and the the one after that. It's relentless. And it's, it's kind of across the hospital. One of them said it takes a lot of people to look after one COVID patient. So it's the nursing staff are really stretched and it's got so bad that I spoke to a trauma surgeon who specialises in cancer who's volunteered to work shifts as a critical care nurse on his days off because because they need it. How are they coping with this at home? They must be taking some of this back home with them. Of course, and it's not really a story you can turn off from, is it? There's the, the woman in charge of nursing told me that she's turned off BBC News alerts and she stopped looking at social media because you can't live with the, the gloom. I suppose that the first thing is that when you're exposed to the illness that much, there's the fear factor of you don't want to bring it home to your friends and family. 
but in in terms of the mental strain it's very very hard and lots of them are married to people who are also in the medical profession which is a bit of a mixed thing because on the one hand it's good because you've got someone at home who just understands what you're going through you don't have to re-explain it every single day but on the other it means that as um, one of them was telling me they try not to talk about it at the dinner table but it just comes up um the the hospital trust's been very good um they've they've got counseling and psychotherapists um there's a trauma surgeon who's also a trained yogi and um knows about meditation he's set up meditation and mindfulness so i mean they're trying but as you'd expect it's very hard and for lots of the nurses they're young they live alone they're not from london um they were expecting to go home and see their families at christmas they haven't been able to do that um there was this sort of hope that some people would be allowed like one or two days off over Christmas but that just hasn't happened and lots of them haven't even had a break since March. And with so many of the staff concentrating on Covid do they feel like this is impacting other areas of the hospital people who don't have Covid? That's a huge concern the message is very much if you are ill do still come into the hospital and they will try to provide the best care but yes non-urgent surgery and operations have been paused and of course that's going to have a long-term effect um there's a lot of talk at the moment of monday's going to be the peak but covid is a long-term condition so once you once you come off a ventilator you're not just snap right that's you're back in it you need top level expert hospital care and on top of that once the peak's finished I suppose eventually hopefully they'll be starting normal service as well um and then doing those two together is Lots of people don't know how they're going to cope. And you could read Susanna's interviews with the nurses in the newspaper and online. And that's the leader. We're back on Monday at four. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.